Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, folks. This episode is sponsored by italki. If you're looking for a one-to-one teacher or a native speaker to practice your conversation skills, your speaking skills, fluency, pronunciation, grammar, vocabulary, or whatever you need then you can find one of those people on italki. It's great. You can just see all of the different profiles, their experience, their qualifications, uh, special skills, particular skills that they might have, little videos of them. When you find someone that suits you, you can then very simply arrange uh, to have conversations and lessons based on your schedule. It's all done through something like Skype, so it's very convenient. And when you buy some talking time, italki will send you a voucher for a free lesson. To get the offer, go to teacherluke.co.uk slash talk or click an italki logo on my website. Right, so I've just seen the new Star Wars film. Here is my review. And yes, it is full of spoilers. So if you haven't seen Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker yet, then you might want to wait before you listen to this because there are loads of spoilers. Here we go. You're listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.co.uk. Hello, listeners. Welcome back to the podcast. This is probably going to be the last free episode of 2019. Also, the last free episode um, of the decade, I think. <clears throat> There'll be some premium stuff as well, but um, that's it. The end of a decade, the end of an, the end of an era, maybe. Um, and uh, so anyway, welcome to the podcast for the final time in 2019. Now, this episode... It's all about Star Wars Episode Nine: The Rise of Skywalker. Um, yesterday, I did an episode about this before having seen the film. I have now seen the film. I've, I've um, yeah, I've seen it this morning. I went at ten forty-five, and I have seen the film. I've come home, eaten my lunch, and now I've had coffee, and I'm now sitting here ready to talk about this. So um, I'm gonna do a very 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 rambly uh kind of uh, episode about uh this film in it and it will be full of spoilers so i want to give you a full spoiler alert right now um uh, i think i may be one of the first people in the world to have seen the film because again for some reason in france films come out on a wednesday and i was there at probably the first showing in nearby anyway so I may be one of the first people in the world to have seen this. So I, I expect that you haven't seen it yet. And if that's the case, then I must ask you, I must compel you using the force uh, not to listen to this, which is a strange thing for me to say at the beginning of an episode. Like, do not listen to this. But I'm serious. If you haven't seen The Rise of Skywalker yet, uh, then do not listen to this, okay? Because I'm going to spoil all of the details, so you must not listen to this uh, if you haven't seen the film yet. So just wait. I mean, you've, I don't know if you've got plans during the Christmas holiday or something, or maybe in the new year to go to the cinema and see the film for yourself, 
I would just say wait until you have done that before listening to this because I'm going to go through all of the details of everything that happens in the story if I can remember them. Because I tend to get a bit overwhelmed when I'm watching a film sometimes. It's kind of the the visuals maybe take over a bit and sometimes I get a bit lost in the plot. So I've just been like literally while I was having my lunch I was thinking about the storyline and I've only got about probably the first 15 minutes in to the film. So there's probably a lot of stuff I'm not going to be able to remember. Uh, but I'm going to try and piece it together. Okay, and I'm just going to give you my thoughts all- along the way. So my first impression, and I haven't read any of the reviews online. I don't know what anyone else's opinion is of the film. I've got zero um, like evidence to go on at all. No idea what the rest of the world is saying about this. Maybe the critics are all going to say it was an absolute disaster and it was terrible. Maybe the kind of um, the online comments and videos and reviews from users will be very critical. I don't know. No idea. All I've got to go on is just a few noises that I heard from some of the people in the cinema with me. Some little kind of like, um, I think there was one moment where someone behind me went, really? Uh, which was not a good sign. But I thought it was good. I enjoyed it. Um, I basically enjoyed it as a kind of as a as a ride, as a fun ride in the Star Wars universe. Um, I kind of enjoyed it, and there were um, some surprises. Some, you know, like I'd said in the previous episode, we were given some answers. I'm going to talk about what those answers are, um, and it was a sort of enjoyable ride. Um, I'm just trying to think about it now, just trying to kind of turn over what happened. And as usual in these sorts of films, uh, there are little sort of things that don't make sense, things that don't add up, you know. And you can pick apart most films, especially in the sort of fantasy genre, um, and you can pick them apart and show how they don't really make any sense. And certainly there's there's a lot of that going on in this. Also, you get this, the sense that they, you know, they had to tie up the whole um nine episode uh franchise they had to tie it all together so there needed to be some kind of closure and you kind of get that you see the way that the different character arcs sort of come together and uh so that's quite fun you know finding out what happens also there's plenty of action going on all the time it's very exciting um you don't quite know what's going to happen next and um daisy ridley was really really good i thought in this uh, I wasn't completely convinced by her in the previous two films. I found her a bit wooden, you know, that sort of, she just seemed a bit wooden. Maybe it's the dialogue. But in this one, she um, is actually very impressive and she does some pretty good uh, scenes and some good acting, which I found quite compelling. And I really enjoy Adam Driver. I think he's always interesting. And he's kind of like the quiet one, this brooding sort of quiet character you don't really know what's going on really under under the surface and so he he sort of uses that to good to good effect uh, in this film i mean then there's like um finn and poe who are not as interesting let's be honest there there's not as much going on with them you get a bit more background for poe uh, you don't really get much more background for finn a little bit, maybe, a bit of character development, but not a huge amount of character development for the two of them. You learn a bit of backstory about Poe, which makes him a bit more interesting, and he's a bit more like a Han Solo character. 
when you consider his backstory and, and stuff like that. Um, so where shall I start? I think I'm going to start with the spoilers now. I'm going to try and work my way through the film and see if I can make sense. This is completely unprepared. I've got no notes, nothing written down. In fact, my computer is closed and I'm just sitting here talking into the microphone, just desperately trying to make sense out of what I've just seen. So let let the spoilers begin. Let's see if I can remember what actually happens. I think there's something like the Emperor has returned. So Palpatine is back and that's in the opening crawl, you know, the yellow... Uh, words that come up on the screen at the start so Palpatine is back and he's assembled somehow we don't know how there's a lot of we don't know hows in this episode but somehow he's returned to full power and he's been building a huge fleet of uh, imperial starships star destroyers all of them equipped with the planet destroying weapons of course so not not only do we have uh, you know we don't just have one uh, planet-killing uh, super weapon. We've got an entire fleet of planet-killing super weapons, and somehow the emperor's—I don't know—he's just made these things out of the force. I don't know. And are there? Are there? Has he got enough staff working on them all? Apparently, I don't know how he's managed to get all these people together. Um, and he's—I think—he sent out a message, but I'm not sure. Maybe some kind of press release from uh, Emperor Palpatine. Uh, he's sent out like you know tweets I don't know I don't really know there's lots of things I don't really remember properly but he sent out a message into the universe basically saying look uh, I'm back and uh, it's not just the first order anymore it's going to be the final order which is how he rebrands the empire it's now the final order and it's essentially um, a massive just um yeah, fleet of super destructive star destroyers. And they're going to go around the galaxy kind of basically saying, join us or we'll blow you up. You know, it's a pretty stark choice. So that seems to be his plan. Um, but I think he's reached out to, to Kylo Ren. Um, and yeah, so he's reaching out to Kylo Ren. And I think the film begins with Kylo arriving at this place. Um, it turns out that he's used this thing, which is a sort of like a little pyramid which is basically a Sith GPS, as far as I can tell. It's sat-nav for Siths. Sith sat-nav, if you will. He's got this thing. Apparently there's like two of them <laughs> that exist, and he's got one of them, and it gives him coordinates to get to where em- the Emperor is, you know, living at the moment. He's got some kind of base. So where does he get that thing from? That You see him battling in a forest. Absolutely scything people down left right and center a lot of people get massacred at the start by kylo ren in slow motion and he's been fighting in order in a sort of indiana jones style in order to get this relic and it is a gps to help him find the emperor okay so he then goes to see the emperor there's like you know it's a very dangerous journey and he gets there and um he kind of goes down into the cave like in the trailer and there are all these statues and stuff. And he goes in and then uh, Palpatine starts talking to him, you know, like my boy, you know, um, I've and says, you know, I've all the voices you've had in your head have been me. And, um, you know, Kylo's like, I killed Snoke. I'm going to kill you, too. And Palpatine's like, ha ha ha. I made Snoke. So apparently Palpatine made Snoke. And in fact, <laughs> 
<laughs> I find it funny to remember it now. In fact, there is a, there's like a sort of back to tank, you know, one of those like health tanks, or it's like a big sort of um, a huge test tube jar, a massive one, and there's like three or four Snoke clones in there. So he's like cloning Snokes, <laughs> which is, uh, so I knew that cloning was going to come back into it. I didn't realize that he'd be cloning Snokes. But he's got like three or four other Snokes like growing in this jar, in this big jar. And um, so, yeah, apparently that explains Snoke, that he's basically a clone made by the Emperor. But the weird thing is like, why would the Emperor clone this kind of wizened, old, battle-scarred person? Like, you know, why would he clone that person in order to pretend to um to pretend to be an evil master in order to corrupt kylo ren why wouldn't he just do it directly i don't know why why is snoke better as a proxy than just the emperor himself i don't know why he didn't do it just directly but there you go you'd have thought he would right because kylo ren um uh is kind of worshiping darth vader and you know he kind of aspires to be like darth vader surely he would respond fairly positively to the Emperor. It's like, I, you know, you want to be Darth Vader. Well, guess what? I'm, I'm Darth Vader's boss. Would you like a job? You know, that would be much more persuasive. So I don't know why he, he, he had to clone Snokes in order to uh, control Kylo Ren, but that's what he did. So odd choice, um, but there it is. Maybe as I talk through this, I'm going to realise that this film doesn't make sense at all, that it's totally stupid. Uh, but while I was watching it, I was enjoying it. So I was going for, I was going for it, going with it. And it was like, okay, let's have this. Come on then. Give me the answers. Tell me all the stuff. I want to see lightsaber fights. I want to see the Emperor. And um, so, yeah, apparently the Emperor was cloning Snoke's and it was all just a way to get to Kylo Ren. Okay, fine. Um, and you see the Emperor. He's not exactly like he was in any of the other films. He's, I suppose he's more, he's closer to the original trilogy version of the Emperor. There seems to be less makeup on him. And he's got, seems he seems to have like a, a blue mouth, like he's been eating like beetroot or something like that, you know. And he's, he's, he's still old and, and horrible. He's got glowing eyes, which is pretty good. The glowing eyes are a fantastic touch. So the Emperor does look great. I mean, it's fantastic having the Emperor back. There's no denying it. It's brilliant to have him back. And he's in his full imperial glory uh, with the laughter and the sinister tones and all that stuff. Um, And so, yeah, okay, then what happens? Right, then so he basically reveals himself to Kylo and says, look, I'm back. Um, And what you need to do is you need to bring me the girl. I think that's... No, he says, kill the girl? Kill the girl or bring me the girl. Something like that. It's probably something along the lines of, you know, kill the girl, bring bring me the girl, and your training will be complete. Something like that. Uh, but he kind of offers... I think he makes an offer to Kylo. But Kylo's kind of, like, not up for it because um, he's trying to be the most powerful... He's the supreme leader now of the First Order. So he kind of... He's not really up for it. And I think then Kylo goes away um, knowing that he's got to get uh, Rey. I think that's what happens. Uh, I'm not sure. Then we end up with the... We move to the, uh, what, the Resistance, the Rebellion, the Rebels. 
and um, they're on some kind of foresty type planet and Ray is doing training with Leia. So Leia is training Ray and she's doing lots of like jumping around and dealing with um uh dealing with like these droids that are firing little lasers at her and she's trying to do the training and she's not doing very well with the lightsaber. She keeps getting hit and then eventually the way she destroys it is she smacks it with her that staff thing that she carries around. She kind of destroys the robot with that. Anyway, she's doing sort of force training and stuff. Now, I've got to think really hard about what happens next. This is actually crucial because I can't really remember. Hold on, I might pause the podcast and try and remember. Okay, it's really hard to remember, but I'm just going to try and sort of muddle my way through. So I think at this point, somehow, uh, like Ray and Finn and Poe and Leia and that gang, Chewbacca and, and all those guys, they work out that they've got to try and find... Is this right? They've got to try and find the uh, the Emperor in order to like take down the fleet. I suppose that's what it is. So I'm just going to go with that. So they, have, they decide they need to find him. So that means they've got to... Um, they have got to uh, find the other Sith GPS thing, okay? And somehow or other, they work out uh, a way to potentially get it, that they've got to go and find... Oh, God, it's really this is really difficult. I don't know why I don't remember at all. Maybe it's a problem with the story. But I think they've got to try and find the Sith GPS, and they end up trying to find another artifact artifact that might lead them to it it turns out. So they go to a place where, uh, uh, they go to a place where they, where Luke Skywalker went before with Lando. That's it. So Lando helps out. They, they somehow meet Lando Calrissian and he helps them out by saying, oh yeah, we were trying to find the GPS. So did, wait, did Luke Skywalker know that the emperor was back? I don't know. Anyway, I think they were trying to find maybe the dagger or something and they were tracking this uh this person who they believed was going to be going to the emperor i think and um so uh, uh lando basically said yeah this ship is what we were searching for clues okay so there's this ship and it's in this place so they they get they get together and they go to the ship right um yeah and while they're there uh like the first order arrive and Kylo Ren arrives and Le- uh, Leia, Leia, no, Ray, Ray goes out sort of into the desert as Kylo approaches in his TIE fighter and she kind of, she's like all force trained up and everything and she leaps over the TIE fighter and cuts its wing off and it crashes and Kylo comes out and at this point as well, like um, the stormtroopers have captured Chewbacca Chewie has been captured by the stormtroopers and he's been put into this transport ship that appears to be just leaving, right? And Ray, um, like, uses the force to stop the ship from leaving. And Kylo then uses the force to try and keep the ship moving. And they've got, like, this force battle going on where they're trying to, you know, move this ship. And then Ray goes into, like, super force overdrive and all this lightning comes out of her hands and strikes the ship so loads of lightning comes out of her hand it's like whoa what's this what's this power that you've got the ship explodes and we all think that Chewbacca's been killed and it's like no Chewie and the ship explodes and it's also like wow Ray has this amazing lightning and who else has got lightning we know it's the emperor um and uh 
Oh God! What then? What happens? So then they go. Um, they decide to rescue Chewbacca. So they get uh, the ship that they were looking for. They find it, and they also find an artifact. I'm not quite sure where, but they do. They find this artifact, which turns out to be a dagger. And C-3PO is able to understand what's written on the dagger. There are inscriptions on it. He can understand what's written, but his programming, his programming doesn't let him translate a Sith language. He's, it's blocked. So there's no way for him to do it. It's against his programming. The only way they can get the translation, which is probably a, 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 an explanation of where to find the, the uh, GPS thing, um, they need to wipe his memory in order to access his secret memory files. So that's the thing about his eyes going red and stuff. They've wiped his memory in order to get the files. And then there's a kind of funny joke, a recurring joke, where C-3PO's memory's gone back to zero again. So he's experiencing everything for the first time. So all these people he's got tons of backstory with, he's like, hello, my name's C-3PO, human-cyborg relations. It's a joke which kind of gets repeated quite a lot. They tell the same joke over and over again a little bit. So they do eventually find the... um, uh, a clue to how to find the other GPS thing. The ship that they find, Ray recognizes it. And we have seen the ship before, we realize. And it's in that little clip from uh, episode seven where we see Ray as a young girl and the ship with her parents is taking off and flying away. Now it turns out it's the same ship. And is it something like the 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 guy who was uh flying the ship had picked up ray's parents and he was flying them to the emperor oh god i'm really sorry listeners that um i can't really remember the storyline i mean let's okay let's just cut to the chase and get you know kind of cut a long story short it turns out that ray is the emperor's granddaughter now this is kind of cool but it's also kind of not cool so in, in the way in which it's cool is kind of like, wow, okay, finally we get an answer to who Ray is. And she's a Palpatine. Whoa, okay, so she's got like, that must mean she's got super duper powers, right? Um, that, that explains the lightning that came out of her hand. So she's got super duper powers then, has she? And um, <laughs> thing is though, like, okay, so that means Palpatine had a son or a daughter, and that son or daughter then had uh, a child. So we do see uh, Ray's parents in a kind of flashback sequence. One of them is played by the girl who plays Villanelle in um, Killing Eve, by the way. So it was pretty cool to see Villanelle in uh, the film as Ray's mum. But I don't know which one was, was Palpatine's child. So we don't know, actually, I think, if it's the mother or the father. So that's a bit odd that we don't... What about this missing link? Um, and it's Ray that, that he's interested in uh, because um, she's the one who's got the Force. And apparently she's got his Force power because she's his granddaughter. Because that's how things work in Star Wars. It's all about families, isn't it? But I don't know why the parents are not Force-sensitive. Um, but apparently the parents decided that they would sort of sacrifice themselves and hide Ray in a sort of secret place. They'd hide her and kind of give themselves up to the Emperor. I don't know what he did with them. What 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 would he do with them? 
Like, you, you, you're going to clean my car. You know, I don't know what he would be doing with them. But anyway, that's what happened. I think they're dead now. So what, he killed his own child and his own, like, son or daughter-in-law. It's a bit weird. He's a bit erratic, this emperor, isn't he? So anyway, uh, Ray, Ray finds out that she's a, a Palpatine. Now, the other weird thing about that is, like, so what? Palpatine had, as like, he had a girlfriend, did he? Like, which woman in her right mind would be attracted to El- El- Emperor Palpatine, <laughs> really? Um, I suppose he's got the dark force, so he, you know, maybe that explains it. We don't know. But, uh, you know, it doesn't really add up. But I still enjoyed it. I mean, I'm I'm discovering clearly that the film is probably a load of nonsense. And it kind of... It sort of breaks some of the aspects of the rest of the trilogy, uh, the rest of the um, the episodes a little bit, because the whole idea with the first six episodes is that Anakin, or Darth Vader, is the chosen one, and he brings balance to the Force. And we see that in Return of the Jedi, uh, when he throws Emperor Palpatine down the, the lift shaft in the Death Star, and then he apparently explodes, and then the Death Star explodes, which, you know, would normally suggest that he's dead. Um, uh, so that suggests, you know, that's like, yeah, Anakin is the chosen one, and at the end he's redeemed. He dies at the end, but he sort of gets redemption, and he brings balance to the Force by killing the Emperor. But then, if the Emperor's back, uh, surely that means that Anakin didn't bring balance to the Force and he wasn't the chosen one, and it kind of takes something away from the original stories, doesn't it? I think it does a bit. Um, we also don't know how the Emperor uh, came back to life. Um, no idea. Like, did he die? Did he clone himself? It's something to do with his, like, his Force essence can be transferred from one to, person to the next, but why not? why not transfer your Force essence to like someone a bit younger, you know. Uh, you don't have to constantly be like this wizened old man. So that's weird. And the Emperor wants Ray because he's decided that uh, uh, what, what needs to happen is that she needs to use all of her hatred and strike him down in revenge. And then when he dies, his force essence will be transferred into her and then he'll live on through her. Right? This is his plan. So I don't know what laws there are in like in terms of the force where if this is is this a thing like if you kill someone in anger then their force power can be transferred to you I, mm. um so anyway that's his plan and um it doesn't work because she's like no no I'm not going to do that I'm going to be like a jedi I'm going to I'm going to be um I'm not going to uh give in to my uh, darkness she refuses and, um, uh, I mean, there's also been lots of struggles with, with, with Kylo Ren. And at one point they're fighting and she actually stabs him in the abdomen with his own lightsaber, apparently killing him. And, um, then she uses the force to heal his wound. Right. And, uh, so she defeats him, but saves him. And then Kylo has this kind of vision of his father, Han Solo. And you see Harrison Ford in the film, which is pretty cool. He comes to him and they have like a a rerun of that conversation that they had on the bridge in episode seven, except that everything goes right. And um, his father forgives him and he he turns to the light. He throws his lightsaber away and he's achieved redemption 
Kylo. And then he goes to follow Rey to try and save her. He ends up bumping into the Knights of Ren, who decide that, you know, they've got to take him down. And he has a brutal fight with the Knights of Ren. Um, he does manage to, to get rid of them all. And then he goes to save Rey, okay? And, um, <laughs> and then, so this is a weird bit. This is one of those weird things that doesn't make sense. Um, the Emperor's like, oh, okay, well, two, two for one is better. And he just starts to drain the Force Essence from them. He just sort of starts to drink all of their force essence using his dark force. He's like <laughs> sucking all their force essence. For some reason, when the two of them come together, they they form something even greater and he starts to feed directly on it. So again, I don't know what the laws or the rules are in the in the world of the force. And why are Ray and um and Ben uh linked? Because they're not linked by family, are they? I mean Palpatine and uh, Skywalker, they're two different families. So it's not like they're from the same family and so that's why they've got this bond. Maybe they're just joined together through the Force. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's their destiny or something. But Kylo, um, what happens to Kylo? He he tries to fight back against the Emperor and the Emperor sort of like sends him flying down a chasm with some cheesy line. I mean, there you know, you could tell that Chris Terrio wrote this because there are some cheesy moments of dialogue. Like when he says, you know... Um, you're going to fall to your death like your father tried to do to me. Ah, and he flings him down a chasm. And um, then Rey is uh, like on her own against the Emperor. And she kind of... Um, somehow she uses two lightsabers and brings her lightsabers together. And she's like, I'm a Jedi. And she reflects the lightning that the Emperor is sending back to him and it kills him. Yeah, that's it. Um, and I mean, there's then quite a touching scene with Kylo when, um, he, uh, he sort of, they, they hold each other. That's it. Cause she appears to be dead because the, the emperor's electricity is like killed her. She's dead. Basically he comes back and he uses the force to wake her up again. Here's some new force skills. Apparently, you can just bring people back from the dead with the Force. And this is something that Anakin was, like, trying to do for three films. And he still couldn't do it, bring someone back from the dead. Um, and, yeah, so Kylo and Rey can, can do that somehow. I don't know how they managed to do that, but they can. He brings her back from the dead. And it's kind of like sort of like a Romeo and Juliet situation suddenly. And they, they kind of hold each other together. It's actually quite a touching moment. I thought it was quite sweet. I know a lot of people are like, no, don't, don't bring them together. That's all wrong. But it was actually quite a nice, tender and sweet moment to see them holding each other. And they kiss briefly, which is fine. I think it's fine. It's not like a full-on snog. It's just a kiss. And I think that's fine. And one of the nice things, one of the good things about the film is you see Kylo Ren smiling and he's Ben Solo again and you see him smile and the, the warmth, the humanity comes back to him. But then, tragically, he passes away. He, he becomes one with the Force and disappears, presumably because of his injuries or maybe the Force, you know, bringing Ray back kind of took it all out of him, but he passes away. So it's quite a sad moment. Um, I'm going all over the place now, and I'm not going to go for much longer. 
Um, but I did enjoy these moments. I, for some reason, I enjoyed the action. I'm missing out on key things, like how when Kylo comes back, Ray secretly gives him his, a lightsaber and uh, various other things, and, and what what Finn and Poe are, are getting up to. And I mean, I'm missing out a lot of details. Uh, but these are the, just the things that are with me now. And so, yeah, it's a bit anticlimactic seeing that seeing the Emperor just being killed by his own lightning like that. But I did like this sort of touching moment between Rey and Kylo, and then Kylo dies, and it's and Leia reaches out to him. Actually, I think that's part of his redemption that it's his meeting with his father, but also Leia. She realizes what's going on, and she reaches out to him through the Force and touches him, and this is what kind of helps him to come back. And when he dies, she dies too. They both become one with the force uh, at the same time. Um, and uh, meanwhile, like the resistance uh, fighters are trying to take down the fleet of super, super, super duper star destroyers. And they're struggling because, of course, with all of these things, and how many times have we seen this now? One, two, three. This is maybe the fourth time, fifth time, actually, that we've had this basic plot, which is small number of rebel fighters or resistance fighters against a massive empire and uh, a huge super weapon that's going to destroy... I think actually this is the sixth time. A huge super weapon that's going to destroy them against all odds. There's only one way they can uh, stop the super weapon and it's a tiny little mistake that they've got to um, uh, capitalise on and that will then destroy the entire um, uh, empire. And so when we first had that in episode four with the Death Star and there's like this little exhaust port. If you just fire some to- photon torpedoes down there, you can blow up the Death Star, creates a chain reaction. Uh, similarly, in um, Return of the Jedi, uh, they destroyed the Death Star by kind of getting into the core and blowing up some things and then escaping. Uh, then we had in Rogue One as well, we had um, uh, the, having to like open up the 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 defences, right, in order to try and destroy something, right? Uh, and then in episode seven, there's, of course, the uh, Starkiller base thing, which is basically like the Death Star. And in, what else do we have? Yeah, in episode eight, there's the scene at the end where they've got that big cannon. They're trying to blast through the doors and um, they all take to those rubbish fighters and try and take them down. Uh, and then Luke Skywalker steps in so this has happened so many times before, but here we are again. They've got to try and take out some sort of like Jeep, some kind of Wi-Fi dongle or something like a transmitter, uh, which is um, protecting the fleet or something like that. And if they can take that down, then they can blow up the, the, the ships. And they're struggling because there's only a few of them. But Lando's gone off to try and collect uh, some other people. So this is the kind of Avengers Endgame moment because Lando's gone off like uh, Doctor Strange to try and find all the other uh, people, all their friends in the galaxy who can help. And at the key moment, he arrives with like thousands of other starships. Don't know where they, they got all these people from. But there they are. And I think there's a few famous ships in there, like the one from Star Wars Rebels or something. I don't know. But um, And then that obviously helps. They destroy the antenna. Finn is on the ship that is nearly going to blow up, but he survives. And uh, then they can destroy all of the, the uh, super-duper Star Destroyers with their big weapons. And they do. They blow them all up. And Finn meets his ex-girlfriend. And there's like a bit of romantic tension. And... Um, 
uh, and Ray manages to come back to see the other guys and there's emotional reunions at the end and uh, finally in the end Ray goes and visits uh, Luke Skywalker's old home on Tatooine and buries the two lightsabers one of the lightsabers was uh, Leia's lightsaber and it turns out that she was actually being trained in the force by Luke Skywalker uh, between Return of the Jedi and Episode 7. She was receiving force training from him, including lightsaber fighting and stuff, which kind of explains what happens to her in Episode 8 when she flies back from space, that she has actually been having um, Jedi training from Luke, so maybe that kind of explains that particular power. But there it is. I mean... So the good things for me were, I just liked the pace of it. I felt like it was the same pace as in episode seven. You know, it was like a nice snappy film like episode seven. Um, and that was better than episode eight, which got a bit slow in some places. So nice snappy moments. Uh, felt like classic Star Wars, but some new things happened. Um, and um, it, plenty of action and all the things that you'd expect. And just enjoyable fun. And at the end of the day, that is what Star Wars is, isn't it? It's just enjoyable fun. It's not something that's the, that should make you get all angry and take to your computer and write very angry reviews and get really upset about it. I just, I can't imagine why you would have that reaction. I'd be disappointed if, if it wasn't good or if it was worse than it was. But I mean, I just want to enjoy myself with these films and you can't expect them to kind of live up it's not exactly Shakespeare is it I mean you know when you pay attention to films like this and you try and you know you have certain expectations for what you'd want to happen from an epic story of ambition and failure and all those things and like family connections this is the sort of thing you get from Shakespeare except that Shakespeare does it properly so it gives you actually a weird appreciation for something like the work of Shakespeare which is full of these epic family stories like for example henry the fourth parts one and two and henry the fifth that whole uh storyline and so it just gives you an appreciation for proper storytelling but this was fun and that's what star wars is supposed to be i thought that some things didn't make sense like for example the whole emperor cloning snoke the emperor having to move his force power into ray how did the emperor not die who would actually have sex with the emperor to allow him to have kids um and why was he then why did they get separated from him why was he then trying to find them lots of unanswered uh, questions i mean i did say in the last episode that jj abrams is good at leaving open questions and not very good at answering questions but he has to answer questions in this film and he kind of did answer them i mean ray as a palpatine felt very very clunky indeed very sort of clumsy and like not exactly sort of refined storytelling like she's a palpatine boom you know and it was yeah a bit underwhelming especially when you you kind of get the feeling that they've basically like read a lot of the reddit forums and all of the fan theories about yeah like uh snoke is cloned by palpatine like yeah right ridiculous youtube uh videos but it turned out to be true and ray is a palpatine um as some people had speculated about before so i mean i don't know how they could have brought episode nine to a close in a way that would have been reasonable and uh grown up and ticks all the boxes i think basically i'm satisfied with what we got and i 
I've always known that the original trilogy is going to be proper Star Wars, and the other films have been like an attempt to reach the same kind of magic and to make the same amount of money. And I think they've probably managed to make the money, but the magic has kind of been a bit fleeting. I felt it more in this recent run of Star Wars films, more than I did in the prequel films, which I feel still don't really stand up to scrutiny. But there you go. After all, it's Star Wars. It's just a bunch of silly fun. And I enjoyed myself. And um, I mean, I have to admit to uh, welling up slightly at some moments. I'm going to have to see it again in order to actually remember what happened. I'm sure I missed out some really big things. Okay, so I have just remembered a couple of things I missed that I'd like to add at the end here. So this is an edit. Um, So one of the things I missed was Luke Skywalker, the force ghost of Luke Skywalker. At one point near the middle of the film, Rey feels like she's failed. And so she goes to Akto, that island in Ireland, um, where Luke Skywalker used to be. And she goes there sort of to do a bit of a Luke Skywalker. She feels she's failed, so she goes to the island and she destroys uh, the, uh, the the ship that she travelled in. And she's going to th- she she throws the lightsaber into the fire, but Luke Skywalker's Force Ghost catches it, and then he has a kind of a heart to heart with her and explains why she shouldn't give up and yada yada yada. So there's that. There's a Luke Skywalker Force Ghost appearance. So I predicted that, and it turned out to be true. What else did we get? We got Dark Ray, which was actually a vision. So I've remember that the second uh, Sith GPS thing was actually located in uh, the Emperor's throne room in the remains of the Death Star, which is on Endor, is it? Um, it crashed there. So she has to go to try and uh, get this GPS thing from the throne room. She goes in, she climbs around, she finds it. And when she picks it up, she gets a little force vision. And it's a vision of a dark version of her and it's she's had this vision of herself sitting on the emperor's throne like a dark version of her as the new emperor she keeps having this vision and so she she has this vision of this dark version of ray and that's the dark ray that we see with the double um bladed lightsaber thing and she sort of does a little bit of battle with her but then the vision finishes so that's the dark ray thing then the other thing i've forgot i had forgotten was um um when she's kind of doing battle with the Emperor, she has to muster all of her force sensitivity, right? And she gets all these voices, and you hear the voices of loads of different Jedi. Now, I said that I thought that maybe their force ghosts would come back, but it's not the force ghosts, it's just their voices, which is pretty cool. And you hear the voices of Anakin, Obi-Wan, Yoda. I think you get Mace Windu and also Qui-Gon Jinn. So Samuel L. Jackson and Liam Neeson... And Ewan McGregor and all the others are in there. Um, And so they all call out to her. Luke Skywalker, I think Carrie Fisher as well. They all call out to her and sort of allow her to muster up all of her force abilities. So that was pretty cool. And the fourth thing that I've just remembered is at the end when um, Rey goes and buries the lightsabers. It turns out, I think, that she's managed to take the kyber crystals from those lightsabers and turn her staff into a double-bladed lightsaber staff with yellow blades, which is pretty cool. And it's just, that's you just see that at the end. She ignites it. She's got an awesome double yellow-bladed uh, lightsaber staff. 
and that's it. So I'm, I imagine we're never going to see that staff in action. But there's a nice little little sort of Easter egg of something you can imagine, this awesome double-bladed yellow staff thing, which is pretty cool. So there you go. Those are just four things that I'd forgotten. So we'll now go back to the original recording. Here we go. There you go. Those are my comments about Star Wars Episode Nine: The Rise of Skywalker. I wonder what you thought. I wonder what the rest of the world thinks about this. I'm going to be looking at reviews and things and seeing uh, what's their reaction going to be. I get the feeling that some people are probably going to be furious because some Star Wars fans are just a bit, a bit crazy, really. And they get really furious and upset when things don't quite go as they hoped. So I, I wonder what the reaction will be. So I'm going to be looking at like reviews on Reddit and the IMDb to see what users are saying. I'm also going to listen to Mark Kermode on Friday. He's going to be reviewing the film. And I'm always interested in what Mark Kermode says on the um, Mark uh, Kermode and Simon Mayo film review podcast. It's also a radio show on BBC Five Live. Um, so I'll be curious to see what Mark says about it. But anyway, those are my comments. You could, you know, leave your comments too. Have you seen it? What do you think? And so on. And I hope that you have not listened to this before seeing the film. I know that there's going to be some of you going, I have, I've listened, I'm listening to it. And I haven't seen the film yet. <laughs> some of you will be doing that. I know for a fact, which in a way is not a bad thing because it suggests that you sort of prefer Luke's English podcast to Star Wars. Isn't that right? Anyway, uh, leave your comments in the comments section. Have a fantastic Christmas and a very, very happy new year. Uh, I've got probably a three-part premium episode that's going to be published before the end of this week. And then it'll be radio silence from Luke's English podcast until the new year at some point. It might not be until maybe the second week of January, something like that. So I hope you have a great Christmas. It's been a fantastic decade for Luke's English podcast. Ten years now uh 2020 will be the 11th year of the podcast it's been a great decade i've had loads of fun and i'm very glad that i get the chance to just sort of talk about things like star wars to my audience around the world and other stuff as well of course okay so it's great to talk to you as ever here's to 2019 clink that's me clinking a champagne glass with you and all the best for 2020 okay Thank you again for listening. Speak to you again soon. But for now, goodbye. Bye. 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 Thanks for listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.co.uk. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 
If you enjoyed this episode of Luke's English Podcast, consider signing up for Luke's English Podcast Premium. You'll get regular premium episodes with stories, vocabulary, grammar and pronunciation teaching from me and the usual moments of humour and fun. Plus, with your subscription, you will be directly supporting my work and making this whole podcast project possible. For more information about Luke's English Podcast Premium, go to teacherluke.co.uk slash premium info.